So good morning, LCM. Good morning. Today is April 23rd, 2023. Wow. And we're excited to share with you guys. We're going to tell you right now, this sermon is not based out of our spiritual prowess. It's not based out of proper pronunciation, and we work at it really hard. This sermon was birthed out of what has built this church. And that is an honest wrestling with the word of God that is producing and will produce transformation. Do you want to go on that journey with us? Before we jump right into it, Do you it. guys can tell that the Lord is moving in our midst. I feel like an uncaged lion that the Lord is letting loose this morning. We love the patriarchs like Abraham, Jacob, Isaac. And when Isaac, or rather when Jacob wrestled with God, that he wrestled with God for 30 seconds. That he wrestled with God for one minute. That he wrestled with God with just a few hours. That he wrestled with God for his dear life. This morning, we are wrestling with the King of Kings. We are wrestling with his word. We are wrestling with the spirit of God. And he's bringing about transformation inside of us. Are you guys ready this morning? Somebody say midnight is shining. Go with us to Psalm 119. Let's talk about midnight. I think I'm Coltrane. At midnight, I rise to praise you. I don't sit in darkness. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. We're rising in this church, LCM. We're rising in midnight. Were you blessed by the good brothers, the brothers of Hebron on Thursday? So they're teaching us how to rise in the midnight hours, and we are being blessed by that revelation. And they, they, they did a real good job at it. But we saw something, and we got a little help with something from our pastors that we want to share with you. There's a little bit more to chew on that bone. Come on now. Even in the midnight hours, God is teaching us to rise up because res- resurrection power is on the way for us. And those remnants of Egyptian oppression, they're being put down in the name of Jesus. Yeah. The truth is, is that you and I, we are sons of God. You are sons of the living God being revealed to the world. And he wants his sons to be unencumbered, uninhibited, unhindered by the attachments of Egypt or the remnants of it. Specifically, what we're going to talk about tonight are some things that are also attached with Egypt. Turn with us to Exodus 11 as we turn the jewel one more time to get get even more freedom that our God wants us to have this morning. God wants us to have more freedom and more boldness in our walk this morning, and he has a specific way that he's going to bring it about. Like Bim said, we're going to wrestle, because we wrestled. I mean, till the clock struck midnight, we wrestled with this, and this is what God did in us. You guys in Exodus chapter 11, we're going to pick up in verse 4 and read through verse 7 in the ESV. It says this, so Moses said, thus says the Lord. About midnight, I would go out in the midst of Egypt, and every firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle. Verse 6, there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there has never been, nor ever will be again. But not a dog shall growl against any of the people of Israel, either man or beast. 
that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. As Brother Linton alluded to earlier, our brothers preached on this passage, and my God, are we thankful for it. But what a beautiful picture of salvation. This is God speaking to Moses and Moses speaking to the head of a nation. See, God said that he at midnight will bring about two things. You guys catch it in the verses. The first is he's going to bring about freedom for his people. And the second is no dog shall growl at his people. In other words, God is saying when I step into the situation... When I put my hand into it, when I show up, I'm going to set my people free, set them free from the liberation of bondage, from slavery, from chains. And I'm going to step in and I'm going to silence every barking dog that is in that land. See, this is the God that we serve. Nothing is impossible for him. He looks at the tohu vavohu. He says, yes, perfect. Now I can act. This is the God that we serve. He tells his servant Abraham, your people are going to go into slavery. They're going to be in bondage and I will bring them out. And now he's acting upon it in Exodus chapter 11 says, hey, at midnight, which is the perfect hour, I'm going to bring about freedom for my people and I'm going to silence every dog that is after my people. This is the king that we serve. As we were working through this, as we were wrestling with this, we know that this is true. We know like when God acts, his enemies scatter. The Proverbs says that there's no insight, there's no plan, there's no counsel that can come against the Lord. He looks at his kings of Psalm 2 and Psalm 2 and he laughs because he's installed his king of Mount Zion. This is the king that we serve. And as we are wrestling, we have to also engage with the fact that what, what does the reality look like in our lives, right? We have these barking dogs. Yeah. Say, I have barking dogs. I have barking dogs. See, Elson, when we were thinking about this, we have barking dogs that are right alongside our honest and godly and, and royal pursuit of the kingdom of God. Yes. Paul says in Romans 7, hey, when I want to do good, evil's right next to me. Those barking dogs, they're here as I'm pursuing my king. I know the royal way. I know he's the way, the truth, and the life. And there's barking dogs that are there nibbling at my feet. When we were thinking about this, 1 John 3, 1 John chapter 3 says that no one who was born of God, who has God's seed inside of him, that man does not continue to practice sin. It's clear. So we don't wake up, Elsie, we know you. You don't wake up. It's not, you know, Nolan, you're getting ready to go to Johnstone Supply. It's 6 a.m. in the morning. You're waking up. You got your cup of coffee. And the first thing you're thinking about is I'm going to go sin. That's not you guys. You're not contemplating sin. You're not planning for sin. You're not planning to sin. You're not longing for it. This is not this body, neither are these men up here. And yet, along your holy and righteous pursuit, you have these barking dogs. So God started something in his nation that we're going to pull from. This is an Eastern book. We are a Western people. We're not the first audience. And God has been doing this for his people. And there's a specific passage that we want to look at. A passage that most of us are familiar with. Most of us grew up with, but there's something that we want to do. We want to knock the dust off that passage so you can see. So you can see clearly what God is doing in our midst because we know that he has something beautiful for you guys. We're going to see how the nation of Israel, who are surrounded by barking dogs, even presently today, look at where they are on the map. They're surrounded. And we're going to see how God led his people and how they dealt with these barking dogs when we pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 17. 
So y'all were blessed by, by engaging with Exodus 12 last Sunday, right? Yeah. Are you thankful for uh, Pastor Wade and Pastor Judith getting off the stage and coming to talk to you? Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Yeah. Do us a favor. Let's engage with this passage just like that. Because I promise you, there are some beautiful things in 1 Samuel 17 that God wants to show us about our hearts and has been showing us about our own hearts that will bring about the boldness that he wants to give us. So let's engage with this. Starting off in 1 Samuel 17.1. You are putting yourself in a story. You have never heard this before. You hear of some nation coming against your people, lining up for battle. In verse 1 it says, now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle. And they were gathered at Sukkah, which belongs to Judah. Then and encamped between Sukkah and Azekah in Ephes Damim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah and drew in line for battle against the Philistines. You are putting yourself in this story. A nation has come against you, maybe come against your family, maybe come against, uh, come against this body. And you are saying, hey, I am ready to go. I'm ready to line up for battle. You are valiant men that have showed up to answer the taunts of the enemy. We know that Saul is not the model example. But he showed up to fight. Yeah. Engage wait, with wait, it. Pause, pause. Have you guys thought about that? Usually when we hear about Saul in the scripture, like, yeah, we know how Saul's story ended. And he was chosen by God, was disobedient, and died in a sin. Yeah. When you engage truly in 1 Samuel 17, Saul and his man showed up for battle. Yeah. They were ready to fight. These men of war were ready to engage with the enemies of God and to fight their enemies and fight for God's promises. They are walking in obedience to Torah. They are wait, showing wait, wait, wait. up. I'm, I'm sorry. Say that one more time. They're walking in obedience to Torah. Oh, yeah. Turn wow. with us to Deuteronomy 20. No, 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 no. See, this is not an act for y'all. You're going to stay in 1 Samuel 17. My brother just says something. Saul's not the model Israelite who uh, had a good walk with the Lord. But him and his man showed up for battle. He says something that's key. They were in obedience to Torah. Yeah. What do we mean? You guys stay in 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're gonna, I'm going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 20. We're going to put up, pick up, pick, put up verses 1 through 3 in the ESV. Look at what it says. When you go out to war against your enemies and you see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when you draw near to the battle... The priest shall come forth and speak to the people and shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you. Say with you. To fight for you. Say for you. Against your enemies to give you victory. Now I'm going to read verse 8. Just keep this in mind. And the officers shall speak further to the people and say, is there any man who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go back to his house, lest he make the heart, the heart of his fellows melt like his own. Have you ever thought about this? Saul's men have passed the test of Deuteronomy chapter 20. It says when they draw up to the battle line, they've already been addressed by the priest. They've already been addressed by the officer. These men showed up ready to engage side by side with their brothers. They heard the charge. Hey, if you're afraid, go home. 
Don't let your fellow man be faint-hearted because of your cowardness. These men showed up for battle. We have things on our wall like I need my brothers and my brothers need me. These men are thinking, I'm going to stay on the ice. I'm not going anywhere. There's a loyalty to the brotherhood that we see here. And Saul and his men are engaged and ready to do God's will. Have you ever thought about that? Man, let's put ourselves in this story and we're engaging with this. Because something is getting ready to happen that nobody, not Saul's men, not the men who have already passed the test of Deuteronomy 20, who know that God is with them. Something is getting ready to happen that is completely unexpected in the story. Go with us to 1 Samuel 17 verse 4. And there came out of the camp of the Philistines a champion, a gibber, named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span, about seven feet tall. So these men passed the test. LCM, you have passed the test. You love the Lord. You have not cowered in fear. You have not ran off afraid to face the things that God has laid before you. You have stood the test and you are standing here ready for battle. But then something unexpected happens. This jolly green seven foot tall giant comes and boasts. And what does he say in verse eight? He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. He is able, if he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. So let's, 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 let's unpack this a little bit. Let's engage with it for the first time. Goliath is a barking dog, 100%. He's a, he's a huge barking dog. He even seemingly in the natural eye, in the natural eye, he has a little bite to him. That's 100% true. But these men showed up ready to die. They showed up ready to fight with their brothers in combat, shoulder to shoulder, They showed up ready to go to war. So I don't think that was the real issue. Just like us. We showed, we we answered the call of the king, said, yes, Lord, we give you our lives and whatever that means. And we'll find out later what that actually means every day. Right? But what we're engaging with here is this this is a little bit different. See, there's another barking dog that's kind of lurking under the surface. Goliath was one manner of barking dog, but this situation presents something that we really ourselves had to wrestle with. Put yourself in, 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 in any Israelite shoes. You're ready to fight. And this, this giant comes out talking and says, hey, your nation for my nation. Winner takes all. You step out here. You kill me and y'all can, we'll be your slaves. But if you die, your children are going to be enslaved. Gabe, if you lose, then Apollos is going to be a slave for the rest of his life. And not just Apollos, but all of, your, all of your brothers. You wrestling with that, do you feel that dog barking? Do you hear that, bark, that dog barking? Yeah. See, what we're talking about here in the scripture is not just fighting a man. Yeah. We're talking about uh, fighting a fear of failure, a fear of loss. Oh, come on, man. Get it. And what we saw in our hearts is that the, the, the physical danger that we see is not so much an issue. It is an issue that has to be dealt with. But what plagues us and what plagues you more often than not 
is the fear of what happens if I don't do this. I know me, myself, me, myself, and I. When I engaged with this passage and I thought about the fact of letting my family down, of letting the Lord down, of letting you down, that is the barking dog that is seeking to steal my confidence of going and doing what I already know God is going to do. I already know God is going to bring about the victory, but you see in me, in myself, I don't want to let you down. And that's okay. Until it robs you of the confidence that you actually should be walking in and the power that God has already said that he's going to give you. That's, that's me. What about you? See, I think most times the actual issues in our lives, whatever it may be, Medical decisions. How, uh, listen to me, Larissa. Medical decisions. These issues and these challenges that we have are not the actual problem. Like we hear them barking, but it's not the actual problem. The problem is a fear of failure, a fear of letting people down, a fear of, of sending everybody off and running them off into a ditch. Of us doing that to you. That is the barking dog that is seeking to rob the people of God's confidence. And it's one that he's going to provide the answer for, but we're not there yet. We're going to wrestle a little bit more. This is equivalent to Russia and the United States going to war. The United States has about seven divisions of the military. Over one million personnel active in the military. Imagine the United States invading Moscow, got, you know, the, the Navy, the Air Force, the Coast Guards, the, the Army, everybody can muster. They're all in Moscow. The president of Russia shows up like, hey, 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 this is all unnecessary. All we need is you for, to send one fighter. And we'll send our best fighter and winner takes all. You've already psyched yourself up with your brothers. You've already made your way to the battlefield. We're going to do this together. No man is getting left out. And then you hear that. You, in front of the entire world, have to fight. It's one thing if I die. <laughs> if I die, it only affects me. I land on it. It's another if I lose and there's a fear of failure and the entire nation is riding on me to get this right. Do you feel what these guys are feeling in 1 Samuel 17? Yeah. We do. We, we are feeling this. This is the weight of it. And I love the transparency of my brother. I'm going to be transparent with you guys. We said earlier at the beginning of the sermon, this sermon was not birthed out of a spiritual prowess. This wasn't birthed out of seeking the third heaven and getting revelations from God. No, we're getting crushed by the word of God. We're getting shredded by the word of God. We're being transformed by the word of God. You know, one of the biggest barking dogs in my life is that fear of failure. Fear of getting something wrong. You know how it shows up? I heard the Lord say in Deuteronomy 20, the Lord's going to be with us. Don't be afraid. Don't be faint-hearted. He's going to be with us. Yeah, but the reality is, is he going to be with me if I step out? I know, I know who he is. Yahweh Sabaoth, Alpha and Omega, beginning. I can say all the right things. But do I believe 
that he is going to be with me. I mean, the stakes are high. This is all or nothing. This is not a poker game where I can put in all my chips and then if I lose, it doesn't matter. I, I, I keep my life. No, this infects the generations after me. Will the Lord be with me if I step out? This is the wrestling that I'm going through. This is the weight that I'm feeling. Practically, how does this show up in Abimbola's life? When I hear that, you know, we have to increase our appetite, have appetite training. I know it's true, but can I do it for my family? Can I lead my wife in it? Can I cultivate my children to have a pursuit, a tenacity, a zeal after the God of Israel? Yes, I can pray. I can wake up. I can read the word. I can feed myself. But can I, can I actually pastor my family that they can stand on that day like Jude says, that he will present you before himself without fault? Lord, would you be with me? Will you help me? This is not a, this is not a sermon I'm preaching to you guys. This is a sermon I'm preaching to myself. Amen. And this is the wrestling that we feel. Can I cultivate? Do I know how much my family can eat? Can I build their appetite? Lord, I don't know if I can. This is the wrestling. And I love what the Lord is doing in our midst. See, men of God are not made in a vacuum. Men of God are not made on a mountaintop. Men of God are brought to their knees before the God of all creation, and he lifts them up by the power of his very spirit. And what these men are feeling here in 1 Samuel chapter 17, they've heard everything they need to hear from the priest and the officers. And now they're in a position where who is going to step forward and fight this giant? Elsim, do you want to know how you gain victory? You first have to face the barking dogs. See, when Goliath is out there saying, I defy the, the armies of Israel, they could all hear him. They couldn't ignore him. He's in their face. You first have to face it. You first have to confront it. You first have to look at it. This is Numbers 21. We have to confront the fear and the fear of failure that's biting us and look at it. It's the only way that we'll start to move through the process of having to silence these dogs. The only way we're going to get victory over this barking dogs. And we know we all want to get to David. We're all familiar with this story. But we have to look at it. We have to look at the things that are coming after our families. That are trying to steal the sacred things from us. Trying to steal the seed of heaven that has been birthed inside of us. We have to look at it. Just like the man from 1 Samuel 17. See, their response. The man in 1 Samuel 17. If you look at verse 11. Their hearts became faint. So these are, men, these are men who went into battle ready to die. But when this specific barking dog was presented, their hearts grew faint. But do you want the answer? Yeah. Yeah. LCM, let me tell you right now, God intends to empower us from on heaven to walk in all the boldness and the confidence that he can muster in us. Yeah. And he's going to give us the answer starting right here in verse 32. Verse 32, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. 
We have to take on the, the attitude of David in this passage. David was no different than any other man in the natural sense. By man's standards, he was no different. He had no reason to be confident in the natural. But David is not a man who walks in the natural, and neither are you. We do not live in the natural ways and the things that we can only see with our eyes. We are fighting a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual war, and we have a father who reigns above all to help us spiritually. He set his gaze straight ahead. He says, I'm going to step out. I heard his call. I know what's on the line. If I lose, my end, everybody I love is, is, is finished. And he's stepping out anyway. There's a line here with men standing and hearing that. And David stepped out of that line and says, I'm going to take you on. And not just take you on, but by the power of my God, I'm going to destroy you. Seeing the barking dogs for what they are. Nope. That thing that's robbing my confidence, that thing that's getting me to, to half step a little bit, that's just a barking dog. Nope, that fear of failure that's getting to, trying to slow me down from running the race with all I have. No, it's just, it's just it's a barking dog. That's all it is. And God is going to help us put it to death. Say, so it's time to silence these dogs. Come on, I step on a dog, Peyton. Peter's not going to like that. Verse 38 in 1 Samuel 17. Then Saul clothed David. We got a little more wrestling to do. Saul clothed David with his own fighting attire and put a bronze helmet on his head. And he also put a body of armor on him. Saul is just trying to be helpful, right? You know, there's probably the battle that he should be fighting as the king of Israel, but he's just trying to clothe David a little bit. He's trying to help protect him like he, you know, protected himself, but he doesn't need his armor because he's not going out to battle. So let's review what we've gotten to so far. So you've stepped up to the plate. You've heard the call of Deuteronomy 20 saying, hey, if anybody's afraid, go home, Roger. And you say, no, I'm going to step up. I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to go to war with my brothers. You faced that giant. You're rising up in courage to face the giant problem. And you've addressed the barking dog of fear of a fear of failure. Let's say you've done that. You've addressed the fear of failure. You're going to do it. But there's still another barking dog that we see here in this passage and that I see in my life. As we're putting this message together, can we tell you that there were and are barking dogs right there with us? And it can be really dis discouraging. Like, man, all I want to do is the will of God. All I want to do is give my family what they need. And I got these barking dogs. Like, man, you, you would have thought that two was enough. Oh, this is a cycle. See, David was presented with the option. Hey, David, you're going into battle. You are brave. You've answered these, these barking dogs, two of them. Here's a little armor to insulate yourself. You know, you, just, you need to, to protect your most sensitive parts, right? You need to project a little strength, David. My armor has like the prepackaged eight-pack of abs that, you know, it's really going really to intimidate the enemy. I know nothing about that, Pastor Nick. See, what we see here and what I see in my life is having the armor of protecting oneself when going out to battle. He wants, he wants David and he's attempting and alluring David to attempt to protect himself while he's going out to battle. He was projecting strength. And so he's saying, David, this is just, 
it's part of the thing that comes with it. You know, I think as, as being a leader, as being someone who raises up disciples, that I have to project strength. Like I have to show you that I'm a little bit further along than I actually am. I can't share with you the honest wrestlings and the barking dogs that I hear. I know how to answer your barking dogs, right? Because secretly and off in a corner, I've had to deal with them myself, but I can't share with you like in the minute what those barking dogs are. See, this shows up when I want my armor on as I go to ministry. Meaning I don't want my most vulnerable parts to be exposed. I, I'm thinking that, man, I have to really project strength in order for you to follow me. That's what leaders do, isn't it? No. That's not what we've learned at this church. But it is a barking dog. That It's alluring. It's, 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 it's captivating. Like, yes, project strength. I want my armor on as I go to make disciples. I want my armor on when it comes to making decisions for my family to insulate me from the exposure to death. Like we got some, some medical decisions to make here concerning children. And I want to know ahead of time that it's going to work out. There are some barking dogs of threats that I'm hearing. And I want to know ahead of time. No, 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 no. I know for, without a shadow of a doubt that it's going to work out. See, that sounds right. But if I'm projecting my own strength and not relying on the Lord to be my strength, like if the Lord does not come through, then this is not going to work out. It's a barking dog. Yeah. And it's hindering you from walking in all the confidence and the boldness and the power that God wants you to have, Josiah. Yeah. This is what we are wrestling with. Take off your armor. Take off your armor before your brothers. I love what my brother is saying, is preaching, is pouring his, his, his heart out to you guys. I have a question for y'all. When you guys go on a trip, do you like to know where your end destination is? So do I. Nobody jumps in the car and says, oh, we'll just, we'll just kind of figure it out and just go from here. I want to know all the shortcuts. Nobody, nobody says that. We put in a GPS. We kind of mapped it out. We know where we want to go. What we want to get across to you guys is when we're dealing with these barking dogs, it's plural. It's not a one-time thing that we do. We never have to deal with it again. I love what Linton said. You've stepped up to the plate already. You're ready to face this giant. I'm going to fight, Lord. I'm going to address the things I need to address in my family. I'm going to address the things I need to address at work. I'm going to address the things I need to address in my own heart. Lord, I'm going to fight. I'm just going to do it in a way that leaves me with the least amount of exposure of getting killed. I, Lord, I believe you can do it. I just need an ace card. You know what I'm saying? I just need somebody off in the distance with a sniper in case this guy gets me on my back. <laughs> right here? Like, but look at what David did. Look at what he did. Pick it up in verse 39 in the NET of 1 Samuel 17. It says, David strapped on his sword over his fighting attire and tried to walk around. But he was not used to them. David said to Saul, I can't walk in these things for I am not used to them. So David removed them. Amen. We have to remove those things. We have to remove the things that we want to protect ourselves from in transparency and openness. Do you guys notice here it says David said, I can't walk in these things. You know why he says that? 
Because God's seed is inside of him. The spirit inside of him is like, nope, this is not going to work. You don't need this armor. It's too heavy. It's too heavy for you. You, you weren't trained in this way. I've trained you how to kill giants. I've trained you how to kill bears and lions. I've trained you and I've done it without you trying to protect yourself from getting killed. In the same way, yes, Pastor Wade, you cannot do it in that way. It doesn't work in the same way for you, LCM. You have God's seed inside of you. And as you step up to the plate to fight for your family, to fight for your children, to make those life-changing decisions, Adam Cora, the things that want to rob you of standing firm in who God's character is and to rise up in the courage to silence those barking dogs, you're not used to walking in them. They do not belong to you. Those thoughts don't belong to you. Remove them. Distance yourself away from them. If we're going to face these barking dogs, these giants, and we win, and we are going to win, LCM. We are winning, LCM. We're going to win. To do it, we have to remove the armor of protection, a projection of strength in front of our brothers and choose a wholehearted dependence on Adonai. Say that one more time, please. See, we're going to win. We have to remove the armor of projection of strength in front of our brothers and choose a wholehearted dependence on Adonai. Amen. See, the Lord is bringing me and my wife back to the, the biblical fundamentals of marriage counseling. Yeah. Step one, lesson one, Abigail on the ball. And I know it's right. It's fundamental. It's life-giving. But I want to do it in a corner. I want to perfect myself in a corner. I want to get it all right and work through the nitty-gritty of the details and then show up. Hey, Pastor Man, we got it. Look, we're winning. We're doing it. That's just you. You have to take off the armor. You have to take it off, remove it. It does not belong to me. But step out there and say, hey, man, we're trying with all of our heart. Would you help us? Would you give us, the, give us the word that God has given you? Expose it yourself. You know what I learned something about transparency? Transparency only disarms you. It brings your walls down. It doesn't disarm anybody else. When we're transparent and we remove those things and expose those things, those barking dogs don't have any power whatsoever. And this is what David is saying here. He said, hey, I can't walk in these things. He removed them. And he removed them in front of who? Saul. He removed it in front of his brother. This is what rising courage looks like. I'm going to remove all false protection, projection that keeps me from being fully dependent on God. This is why we like David. This is why we love David. Because he was a man who fully depended on the Lord and the Lord alone. And we're getting ready to read a beautiful psalm. A psalm that is going to move our hearts. My brother Linton will take it from here. But I want to encourage you, LCM. James says that, hey. You're a man just like Elijah. He's no different than you. Right. He prayed and you, and you also have the ability to pray and to move the heavens. I want to tell you something, LCM. David is just like you. You are just like David. There's no difference between you two. You have the spirit of God inside of you. You have the word of God inside of you. You have God's seed inside of you. Inside of you, you don't need anything else. All your provisions are provided for from heaven. John 3, 27. A man can only receive what has been given to him from heaven. David has everything he needs, LCM, and you have everything that you need. Turn with us to Psalm 59. And as you do that, think back to this story. So David, he stepped up. He faced the literal barking dog, the physical one, Goliath. He faced the fear of failure that what happens if I, if, if I fail 
and everybody around me go into captivity. He's faced it. And then when presented with the opportunity to insulate, insulate himself by projecting strength, he faced it. He put that bargain dog down. Now think about all the other men in Israel. He didn't just take off the armor in Saul's presence. He took off the armor in front of the entire army. He took off the armor in front of the Philistines. And there's a reason that he did it. And let me tell you something. The, the men of Israel learned from David. And they did the very same things that he did. Let's talk about what he learned. Psalm 59, picking up in verse 6. Each evening, they come back howling like dogs and prowling about the city. There they are, bellowing with their mouths, with their swords in their lips for who they think will hear us. Well, this barking dog is pretty bold. I mean, have you ever actually been in front of a barking dog? I mean, we were recently looking at a barking dog memo. And these, these dogs got a little bark to them. They were howling. But you, oh Lord, laugh at them. Yes. Give me a laugh, Paul. <laughs> he laughed like that, but he laughed like thunder. Woo. You, oh Lord, laugh at them. You hold all the nations in derision. Oh, my strength, I will watch for you. For you, oh God, are my fortress. My God in his steadfast love will meet me. God will let me look in triumph on my enemies. See, David is facing many a barking dog in his day. And his life is an instruction manual. So we're going to go back through this psalm and work through it. You hear how David dealt with barking dogs constantly, right? In verse 8, he has a giant barking dog. So did David attempt to take him on in his own strength? No. Did David say, in my own strength, in my own flesh, you guys are weak, but I'm going to go and lop the giant's head off because I'm David. No, that's not why he did it. He did it because of verse 8. But you, O oh Lord, laugh at them. You hold all the nations in derision. The Lord holds all the barking dogs in derision. It is not David's strength that he is fighting with. It's not his strength that he is speaking with. It is not his own boldness that he is purporting before all Israel. He took off his armor of that false projection of strength. He is speaking to him and saying, hey, you come, me, you come against me with talk. But I come, with you, I come against you in the name of the Lord, my God, and I'm going to lop your head off. You're going to feed me to the animals? No, 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 David. No, 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 Goliath. I'm going to feed you to the birds. That causes the men of Israel to rise up because they were once paralyzed by fear. But they saw what David did, and they began to rise up in faith. See, there's another barking dog, and David rightly put his finger on it. Oh, my strength. I will watch for you. I'm going to watch for the Lord's strength to deliver me. So I'm not going to project my own strength. How about I not even worry about the strength that I have, but I'm going to watch for the Lord's strength to deliver us in this matter. This is the answer. And this is what we should be excited about. See, we've been talking a lot about barking dogs, but the point is not even about the dogs. That's just one necessary step along the way to you walking and rising in the courage that God wants for you to walk in. In verse 10, he says, my God in his steadfast love will meet me. See, this right here addresses the biggest barking dog of all. In you and in us. Will God actually meet me? I'm, I'm, man, 
there's a lot riding on this. Will God actually meet me? Yes, he's going to meet you. My God in his steadfast love will meet me. And he will allow me to look on triumph with my enemies. Amen. See, we have to be able to recognize the barking dogs. We, we, we cannot continue to walk, attempting to do the will of God while allowing these barking dogs to rob us of our confidence and to rob us of our courage. We have to face it because God wants to put it down. God is the one who stirred up the enemy so that these barking dogs can be put down. I can hear thoughts by the Spirit of God, those barking dogs that are plaguing some of you in this room. Things like you will never get married. It is a lie. Things like you will never have a child. It is a lie. Our God, nothing is impossible for him to do. He can look at Abraham and Sarah. He can look at them and say, yes, I know that you're beyond the, the age of childbearing. I can see it in the physical, but it does not matter. Nothing, absolutely nothing is too difficult for me. Nothing is impossible for me. What I said will stand the test of time. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word to you, Nick Rosales, will never pass away. My word to you, man, it will never pass away. My word to you, LCM, will never, ever, ever pass away. That is the king that we serve, and that's what's channeling inside of David. That's what's channeling inside of us. That, Like Job was saying, hey, I may die in my flesh. Almighty God, help me. I may die in my flesh, but I'm going to stand upon this earth, and I'm going to see in my maker. I'm going to see it with my own eyes. Yes, not another. I'm going to see the king of glory. He will resurrect me. He will bring the promises. Rise up, LCM. Rise up in your courage. But sit down. Rise up in your courage and sit down. See, these barking dogs... The barking dogs, Hebron, whatever wants to, to get you to not walk in the, the full courage that God wants you to walk in. The barking dogs are doing them. Whatever is attempting to rob you of your courage. The barking dogs, single guy's house, whatever is attempting to, to get you to, to sit back and, and cower to the fear of failure. They actually have no bite. Yeah, come on. There's actually no reality to what they say, no matter what it looks like. This brings us to the long-awaited title of today's sermon. Start the clock. Yep, we got a whole other hour to go. Silence and dogs and rise in courage. Yes. Enough said. First Samuel 17 verse 40. How did, how did David respond to these taunts? How did he respond to the taunts of the enemy? He took his staff in his hand and picked out five smooth stones from the stream, placed them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and took his sling in his hand. And what did he do? He immediately approached the Philistine. Some, a little detail in here that, that, that impacted us as we were studying. The stream is in the valley also. David is going down to the valley of death. And you know what? He didn't have time to go over some other side of the hill, some other mountain, and, you know, and... Pray for strength. No. He went into the valley of the shadow of death, grabbed the, the stones from the stream that is in the valley of Elah, and immediately approached the giant. Why? Because David was not attempting to do this in his own strength. Yeah. He already knows what the Lord has said, and he is moving forward in that. 
Lent to Demi to tell me that when we step out in faith to face the barking dog, dogs, that God already has the provision that we need. Yep. Everything that David needed was in the valley. All he has to do is step out in faith. This is not difficult for a king. He calls the end from the beginning and everything in between. He says, from ancient times, my will will be done. He already planned to put Goliath down. He's just looking for the man to step out in faith and to do it. You are the man. You've all been singled out by the barking dogs. And you are the man to step up, to stand out, and go to war with these barking dogs and put them down. He said, I choose to face this barking dog, the physical circumstance, the fear of failure, the desire to project strength. And I am not alone in this. I choose to trust the Lord who is with me. That is what we have. David knew something. David was a prophet. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, declares the Lord of hosts. And so David walked in that revelation before he even, he physically had what he needed. He walked in the revelation that it's not going to be by my own power. It's not going to be by my own strength. It's not going to be by my might, but it's going to be by the spirit of the sovereign Lord that helps me. Oh, look at there. I got five smooth stones. We're going to find what we need as we go down into the valley with that revelation. David kills Goliath. You know, you know this. He tramples on that dog, but it's something else we want to focus on. Focus on what is produced. When your dogs are silenced, when you put those barking dogs to death, when you trample over them, look at what is produced. Check this out as we move further on the story in 1 Samuel 17, verse 51. It says, And David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the man of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. So that the wounded Philistines fell on the way from Sharim as far as Gath and Ekron. These same men who were blinded by fear and being paralyzed. Because they, had, they lacked the perception that God was going to help them. These same men who were paralyzed by fear are now the same men when they see David step on the battlefield and put down this barking dog and to silence him and rose up in courage. These same men would have produced in them courage was rising. They pursued their enemies. This is the reality, LCM. This is the reality of when you face those dogs, when you face them head on, when you don't ignore them, when you don't look to the left and look to the right, but you look and you set your gaze fast before you and you address them and you rise up in courage. It produces life in other people. He read earlier from 1 Samuel 11, 1 Samuel 17, 11, when they heard Goliath's word, they were all in anguish, all afraid. And now these same men have rose up in courage and they're chasing and hunting and killing their enemies. LCM, there's nothing to fear. Our king is with us. We look at those fears right in the eye and say, God is with us. It's not about my strength. It's not about my ability to memorize scripture. It's not about how I can turn to a passage quickly. It's about by the spirit of the living God that we win the warfare, that we win the, the, the battle. We are silencing these dogs, and it's bringing life to other people. What David did in 1 Samuel 17, he removed the veil from his brother's eyes. He took away the blindness so they can see what God is doing. And it caused them to have victory as a nation. 
So as you turn to Acts 22, let's throw back 11, uh, Exodus 11 back up on the screen. See, David was a type of a son of David. And in Luke 418, he said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. And he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And he's brought me here so that the blind would see. See, David was a type. And Saul is going to find the reality. But we want to remind you of something. In Acts 11, verse 4, it says, about midnight, I will go into the land. I got a question for you. Who brought about the darkness? Who brought about the darkness? The Lord brought about the darkness. Because along with freeing you from Egyptian oppression, he wants to silence all the barking dogs around you. It's one thing to not want to address the barking dogs. Like it's one thing to be paralyzed by analysis. Paralysis by analysis. It's one thing to be paralyzed by fear of failure and not want to address those things. But we have another honest wrestling. We're not done wrestling yet. We wrestling and overcoming. What if you're not entirely aware aware of what it is? Go with us to Acts 22. Acts 22, picking up in verse 6. As I was on my way to go go do God's work, to go do God's will, as I was on my way and drew near to Damascus about noon, noonday, a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice say, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting? Lord, I'm just going to do the will of God. Why, why all of a sudden has this midnight hour come in the middle of the day? Mm. Have you felt a midnight hour come in the middle of your day? Yes, I, have. I know you have. So have I. Anytime we get to a place where our confidence is being robbed, where the courage that God wants us to walk in, we're not actually walking in it. He will cause a midnight hour. Why? Not because he wants to put you to death and cover you in darkness. He will cause a midnight hour because he wants to free you from Egypt inside you. And he wants to put to death every dark, every barking dog that is gathered around you. He brings the midnight hour to reveal those barking dogs, to cause you to trample over them so that you can rise in your courage to be obedient and to do the same for others. The Lord brought the, dark, the darkness at noon. Because he wants to deal with them, even the ones that you don't know about. Yeah. I love what Linton is saying. I'm just going to jump in here real quick. When we asked the question earlier, you know, who brought about the darkness in Exodus 11? It was the Lord. It was plague number nine. He said, I will bring a darkness, a darkness that can be felt. LCM, the darkness is not for you. The darkness is to get your attention so God can deal with the barking dogs in your yeah. life that you don't know about. Yeah. Saul was on his way as best as he knew to do God's will. Zealous for, his, for the word, zealous for Judaism, zealous for the God of Israel, and had no idea he had barking dogs in his life, and God could see them, and God brought about a darkness in his life to get his attention and to show him that there are things there that are right, right alongside what he's calling a noble pursuit. Can y'all relate to that? Yeah. Yes, you can. Later on in Acts chapter 22, verse 10 and 11. Paul's recounting this story. He says, I could not see because of the brightness of the light. You think God got his attention? Yeah. The man is blind. As we move forward in the story, there's a faithful man that shows up in the story as Paul's recounting this. 
His name is Ananias. You guys know who Ananias is? Not a lot about him in the, in the scriptures. Doesn't have his own book. Doesn't have a personal revelation that he shares. And, you know, we all get to read it. But he was a faithful disciple. In Acts chapter 9, verses 13 through 14, where God appears to him to go and minister to Paul. Ananias had to wrestle with his own barking dogs. Lord, do you know who this guy is? I know you know all things, but I just want to, let, I want to make sure that we're on the same page. That you're, you're, the, you're the king of the universe. You know all things. But do you know who this guy is? You want me to go pray for him? Like, I understand we're being persecuted. I understand that we're, we're doing all these things. This guy specifically, you want me to go pray for? Lord, am I hearing rightly? He's wrestling with the fear of faith. What if I get this wrong? What if, what if I mess this? What if I get killed? He's already put people in prison. He's already, he's already voted for people to die. He's not even concerned about healing them. Yeah. This, he's wrestling with his own barking dogs. But you know what Ananias does? He rises in courage. He doesn't put an armor on and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. Matter of fact, Lord, I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to slide it to Paul and the guys will read it to him even though he's blind. He doesn't do that. He doesn't put armor on. He removes everything that could hinder him from doing God's will. He puts to death. He silences those barking dogs by rising in courage, rising in faith. So we want to hit right here as we were engaging with this. We have to get out of our mind and really remove the desire in our hearts to not have to deal with the barking dogs. Because what I saw in this is, man, Ananias is a devout man. He is a disciple. He is a man of God. And you're telling me along with, along with him being obedient to God, he has to deal with barking dogs? Yes. Stop being surprised that there are barking dogs. Just deal with them. Yeah, yeah. God does not want them coming along with you for the journey. He has brought them up so that you can put them to death, so that you can trample on them and rise in the courage that will give your brothers sight. Yeah. Go with us to verse 12. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing by me and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. Yes, come on. And at that very hour. Yes, Lord. Say that very hour. Say it with me. That very hour. At that very hour, I received my sight and I saw him. And he said, the God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will. See, Paul wasn't tripped up here by the fact that he didn't already know his will. I mean, he thought he, he, thought he, was, he, thought he was on the right track. That didn't trip him up. When God brought the midnight hour, when he brought the darkness, Paul learned his lesson. We don't know what the barking dogs were, but whatever they were, he dealt with them, and God stood him up and appointed him to actually know the whole will of God. In and fact, it's the same for you and me. In fact, in Acts 9... It says that when God was speaking to Ananias, it says, when you find him, you're going to find Paul praying. Paul's, Paul's in darkness. He's physically blind, but he's addressing the things that God is now highlighting to him. He's, he's thinking about his whole sp spiritual career. Everything he's been thinking has been wrong, and he's praying and seeking the Lord. The Lord made it clear to him. Yeah. Paul addressed his barking dogs. Yeah. Just one more. One more. Because it, it, it moved us. You don't think... That this man had to wrestle with the fact that he saw Stephen die. That he approved of his death. I would think that, all right, when I began my walk, I dealt with all those barking dogs. And then I went off and I'm good. And, and none of that is going to affect me. No. Paul said, I was the worst of the apostles. The worst of the disciples. 
I persecuted the church. He had to deal with the things that were warring against his confidence to obey what God said. Is it true that he persecuted the church? Yes. Is it it true that he approved of their death and he watched some of them die? Yes. And he was called to be a minister of the gospel. He put his barking dogs down. He trampled over them and he ministered with all the courage and all the redemption and all the divinity that God could muster in Paul. We're putting down these barking dogs and we're finding our courage today. As we begin to descend to a higher place. As we, as we begin to close, we want to talk to you about one man uh, in Judges 16. We've heard Samson preached uh, many a time in a many a different ways. Right? You, you've heard this preached. But let's, let's zoom in to the end of Samson's life. <clears throat> Go to Judges chapter 16, verses 23 through 25. How was that, Ben? I love Samson, but I don't love, him love for you, the, Samson. I don't love him for the reasons that maybe some, a lot of people do. I used to, but in engaging with this story, I love him all the more for a particular reason. Samson was anointed by God, given strength from God Almighty to deliver the nation of Israel. So we talked about Paul earlier. Paul was unaware of the barking dogs. Not so for Samson. You can, you can read in the Peshat that Samson was aware of things and he just ignored them. He knew better. He knew better. So did you. What are you doing down there in the vineyard, Samson? What are you doing? There's a lion. Yeah, I can rip this lion apart like a small goat. I don't know how easy that is, but he did it. He's ignoring the things that God is trying to highlight to him. Hey, there's, there's barking dogs all around you. He's, he's ignoring them. And he's gotten to a place now where he can no longer ignore them. No different in my life. If I ignore things in my life, if I ignore things in my marriage, if I ignore things in my children, it's eventually just going to leak out of my house and I cannot hide it any longer. What was going on in Samson's heart is now going to show up very, very physical when we pick up in verse 23. His eyes have already been put out. He's been captured by the enemies of God. Look at what verse 23 says in the ESV. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their God and to rejoice. And they said, our God has given Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, our God has given our enemy into our hand. The ravager of our country who has killed so many of us. And when their hearts were merry, they said, call Samson that he may entertain us. So they called Samson out of prison and he entertained them and they made him stand between the pillars. That wasn't smart. You've already heard this story before. You know how it ends. Samson refused to address the barking dogs. And the Lord allowed him to get to a place where his eyes are put out and he cannot see any longer. And the Lord has gotten his attention. The Lord's gotten your attention, LCM? Good. As we move on to verse 27, we're going to see something extraordinary take place. It says, now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And on the roof, there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson entertained. Think 3,000 dogs yeah. all around him. His eyes are put out. Man, how dark can the situation be? Before we get to verse 28, if you're Samson and you're, you're, you're there, 
These dogs that I'm supposed to silence, these dogs that I was born to put under to rise up in courage are now surrounding me. All of them making fun of me. How do you feel? Because to be honest, you know what the louder barking dog was? The, loud, the louder barking dog wasn't the Philistines around them. The louder one is the fact that I got myself in this position. Nobody else did this to me. I did this. Can you engage with that? Can you wrestle with that? We have been. Nobody got you to the place that you are. You got yourself here. But Samson recognized something. Samson rose up in something. And it's something of the courage of God and the spirit of God that must rise, in, rise up in us yeah. every time we get ourselves in a ditch. Yeah, come on. We have to find the courage that Samson did. Come on. You know what courage he found? He found the courage to ask God again. Come on. Yeah. Yes, Lord, I know that I've done this. I know that I screwed it up. Yeah. But I'm going to ask you again for what I need. Yeah. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, oh, Lord God. Yeah. Please remember me and please strengthen me only this once. Oh, God, that I may be avenged on these Philistines. Stand up, stand up with us, church. See, we have to find the courage that Samson did. To find the courage that Paul did. To find the courage that the men of Israel did as a result of David leading them. Leading them that says, oh, Lord God. I don't care how I got to this place, but right now, strengthen me one more time. And I will find the grace that I need in this hour. We're going to close with these scriptures, unless our pastors say different. Hebrews 4, verse 15 and 16. This is what Samson did. This is what David did. And this is what you will do. Brother prophesied it in, in, in service. Today is the day. We're not going to receive the grace as a vain thing. Today is the day where we get, uh, uh, we avenge these barking dogs and we stand up and run in the courage and the confidence that God always ordained us to have. For, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet was without sin. Listen to verse 16. Let us then with confidence... Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of, of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. At this time, today, we're going to rise up. We're going to silence and trample on barking dogs that have been plaguing our walks. And we're going to rise up to find mercy and grace, the power to walk in the courage that God has for us today. You're looking at the next pastors of life-changing ministries. And what they did today is pastoring. So I'm going to ask you to sit down. Mass altar calls are wonderful things. And if you're not careful after a while, they just become a race to the front and then a race to get home. We have time and we're going to take the time. The bigger Goliath, the bigger barking dog in all of our lives is the fear of failure, the fear of unworthiness, 
the fear that the Lord will do it for everyone else, but not for me in this circumstance. And today, we're going to put that fear to death. So we're going to begin to pray as a body. This is not a spectator sport. And if you're a guest here, you get to decide whether or not you want to endanger yourself like this, because we're a family. I pray you have the courage to do it. If you don't, that's okay. Not everybody makes it into the kingdom. David Bonham, you've been surrounded by a dog pound your entire life. You see yourself as less than God sees you. And the Lord is calling you to rise up today. Today, these come out of the sound booth, David. Bolshe Regina, will you meet him here? David, the Lord secures you today because you will be married. You will have children. You will succeed in the kingdom. And these dogs between your ears. Oh, man, this is on. We're going to say, bitch, shut up. Their voices are louder than their reality. And they die today. Just be praying. Sarah, you are not unworthy to be pursued. You are not left on the side. You are not damaged. Come come on down here. Jen, meet Sarah right here and pray for Sarah. Ubong failure is not inevitable. It is not inevitable that you will fall. In fact, God brought you here to succeed. And today... The lying voices of mentors, the lying voices in your head that you are in rebellion and that you cannot succeed, we put them to death here. Come right down here. Judah, will you pray for Ubon? Gabriel, you're not Esau. You've never been Esau. And you are not being punished for something earlier in your life. God is forming your tenacity, perseverance, and character. Will you come right here? Elder Charlie, would you pray for him? Caleb Brown, I can feel by the Spirit of God that your largest issues, the Goliaths that you have yet to face are not those that are external, but the barking dogs that you have on the inside of you. I want to remind you by the Spirit of God that He has called you and anointed you. The reason that the barking dogs are made silent is to show a distinction between those who are chosen and those who are not. You have been chosen even since a young boy. God has called you and He separated you. Today is the day that barking dogs stop on the inside of you and that you come to life in a new way. I'm going to ask that you come down to the front. Pastor Nick. Would you come down and pray for Caleb? Jaron, you are a man that was worthy of the blood of Jesus bringing you into this house. You have taken seriously his covenant with you and yours with him. You've taken serious your covenant with your brothers. But there is a barking dog that I want your feet to trample on this morning. And that is the thought that you're not worthy to be a man who can be married and have a household of his own. Come down front. 
Pastor Parsons, would you come down and pray for Jaron? There are couples in this house who have a clear word and vision from God to have children. And it's time this morning that you stand to your feet and you begin to trample over that barking dog that says it's impossible and it cannot happen. Rhett and Gabby, I want you guys to come to my right side of the altar. Nick and Anna, come down to the right side of the altar. John and Joy Dang have a testimony that is a cornerstone of this ministry because they have shown the tenacity of faith to put to death those barking dogs. And here they sit with multiple children in their arms. Ray and Lindsay, would you all come right here? Memo. Stand to your feet right now, right where you are. Like Samson, you can stand in a place and lament that you put yourself in a certain position, but I'm telling you that Samson never saw more clearly until his natural eyes were put out. He became the man that he was supposed to do after he had made his biggest mistakes. I am saying to you, man of God, that he is calling you and he is putting to death. He is silencing barking dogs in your life today. No more will you have the pull. No more will you have these things that you succumb to about your own desires. God is liberating you today. He is setting you free. And he's saying, put your hands on these pillars and cause them to fall, that his work may be done in your life. Come to the front and let Pastor Nick lay his hands on you. You guys be praying. Stop watching and start praying. Hey, Christy, why don't you come down here, Cash? You come pray for Christy right here. Pray in the Holy Ghost, now is the time. If you cannot pray in the Holy Ghost, we can fix that before this meeting is over. Saints, what is clear is that in Luke 16, 16, the kingdom of God is advanced by force. 
and forceful men lay hold of it. I want to speak to you today, Justin Butler. You have day in and day out in services chose to attend here. And I'm saying today's the day. Justin, look up at me. Right here. I'm saying today's the day. I've seen you come to the altar many times. But God called you and your family to be part of the LCM family. God wants to equip you to enable you to feed your whole household with the whole lamb. He wants to make you the head of your household. That's what he has chosen you for. And these barking dogs that go all the way back as early as your childhood, relationship with your father, unforgiveness towards your father is to be put to death today. But more so that is getting right with the heavenly father. If you want to be the man that God has called you to be, and particularly in this family of LCM, I want you to rise to your feet and come down to the front. Elder Charlie, yes, Lord. Carlos, we'd love for you guys to pray for Justin Butler. Paul, when you get home, lay hands on your wife and tell her that the most significant accomplishments in her life are in the future based on what she's doing in her children. She is not relegated to the back. She is not sitting in the second row. What she is doing right now is more important to our future than any other thing could be. And tell her that that dog, that barking dog, that she's missing something that is greater. It's being put down now. All right, Steph, Brandon, come on up here. We're going to pray. We're going to pray because there's restoration. There's restoration and failure is not inevitable. God is going to put back together what was undone and it's going to be glorious. Y'all pray. JJ and Natalie, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Marlon and Lena, even with baby in hand, I want you to come down and lay hands on JJ and Natalie. JJ, 
the barking dogs that you have that say that you are not worth what God has called you to. You have no problem believing in his greatness. It's the fact that he has called you. Ephesians 2, 6 and 7 say that he has elevated you and seated you with him in heavenly places. The barking dogs that say that you don't deserve it, that you have not earned it, that you are not worth it, those barking dogs are going to stop today. You are the catch. As much as we want to be romantic and say that your wife is the catch, she needs you desperately. You are the one that has been anointed. You are the one that has been called. You are the one that God has his hand upon, and it will roll towards her. But it does not start with her. It starts with you, J.J. Moloch. And God is saying, let those other thoughts, let those other beliefs that you hold on to desperately be silenced today. He is creating a distinction in you because he's going to silence those dogs. So says, pray for the Molochs. Spencer, Caleb, y'all come on up here and begin to be like Elijah. A harp had ten strings on it because there are ten commands of God, and we're about to get into the commands of God. Shura, da 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 da